Hey, what's up, Star Wars fans? Welcome back to my channel, Han Talks First, a Star Wars podcast. For Star Wars fans, by Star Wars fans. So, I guess you can only imagine what it is we're going to talk about today. You guessed it, Star Wars. There's a bunch going on right now. We're gearing up for Star Wars Celebration in Anaheim, California. I will be going. This is my first ever celebration experience, and I cannot wait for it. So on top of that, we're going to talk about what we can expect from Celebration, and also some of the latest news that's going on. Now, what I'm not going to do is just regurgitate the articles in Vanity Fair or EW and read you what is in those trades, like every other podcaster or YouTuber has already done. But what we're actually going to do is just take small segments from these big stories and talk about what the future of Star Wars is actually going to look like, or at least how I think it is going to look like. The Force is strong with us, so let's dive right into it. You're listening to Han Talks First. So who talks first? You talk first. I talk first. Now, unfortunately, we're going to start off this episode with some sad news. But I want to take the moment and use this as an opportunity to commemorate the person behind this news, Colin Cantwell. Now, for those of you that don't recognize the name, this is the man who designed most of what we familiarize ourselves with, the original trilogy, and that is spacecrafts. So he was the original designer of the prototypes for the X-Wing, Starfighters, the TIE Fighters, and of course, the Death Star. Now, he passed away today or at least the time that I'm currently recording this episode. He was 90 years old, and apparently it was due from just, you know, natural causes. So very sad news. It's not a name that we hear a lot anymore, but he did some great work for the original trilogy. And not just that, but also the movie War Games, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, and tons of other movies. So, you know, take some time today and just celebrate the work of Colin Cantwell and... Go check out some of his great original prototypes. Awesome stuff there. So, yeah, with that out of the way, I would love to move on and start talking about Star Wars Celebration before we get into the future of Star Wars. So I am going this year, and I'd like to make the first official announcement for a special giveaway that I'm going to do while I am there. If any of you listening to this are going to Celebration this year... Please reach out to me on Instagram. I'm not on Twitter anymore, but reach out to me on Instagram and let me know if you'd like to meet up or if you'd like to participate in this giveaway. So I will be giving out merchandise uh, of Han Talks first, but in addition to that, I'm going to be doing a giveaway for a pair of Star Wars Pozu shoes. Now these are real high quality shoes and the version that I have is an old-school Empire design. You remember the interior walls of the Death Star? How they were like white strips that LED light came out of and a black backdrop? Well, that's what these shoes look like. They're beautiful. I will post a picture of them on Instagram so you can see what they look like. And I don't really know how I'm going to be doing a giveaway quite yet or what the the enrollment process will be like for you to enter in this giveaway. But it all revolves around at some point, you meeting me at Star Wars Celebration. So, I don't know, stay tuned on Instagram. I'll probably make an announcement on how I'm going to give those away. But look, they're a really great pair of shoes, and I'm a little envious for whoever gets to win these pair of sneakers. I'm telling you, they're really nice. Go check out the picture on my Instagram. And stay tuned later for details on how to get those. 
But uh, thank you guys. And uh, again, with Star Wars Celebration, if you guys are going, I would love to meet you guys. I mean, I plan on talking to everyone I run into because it's going to be such a great event filled with tons. I mean, we're Star Wars fans. We're the best fan base in the world. Sometimes we're also the worst. (laughs) But it's the best fandom there is. There's so much of us. And being there, I feel like, is just going to be... It's going to be like going to Disneyland on crack. And I am so set for it. Now, the things that I'm most looking forward to are some of the panels. And I'm going to share with you, kind of, for those of you that might not know, what major events are going to go on in that four-day celebration period. But one of the things that I felt more interesting about this year's celebration, and something that I'm kind of weirded out by, and I'm, I, I saw this earlier because I was looking through the schedule and I was like, huh, that's really, really strange. There is no Obi-Wan Kenobi panel. That's weird, isn't it? I mean, I mean, Obi-Wan Kenobi comes out on Friday, the same day that they're having celebration. You would think that they would have a panel with Ewan, Deborah Chow, Hayden Christensen, and anyone else who's involved on Obi-Wan Kenobi, and potentially even show the people that are there a first look at the first one or two episodes. But there's no mention of it on the schedule, which I thought was really weird. Now, look, there's a possibility that they haven't updated it yet, or they haven't made it public yet. So we'll have to wait and find out. That's one thing that I really hope we get to see is a panel for Obi-Wan, just to get a chance to hear from the creators and talk about this show. Because, guys, look, I don't, I don't think the industry, the film industry, the streaming industry understands how massive this Obi-Wan Kenobi show is going to be. It is going to be the flagship series or limited series they're at for Disney Plus. It is go I this is just my opinion. This is how I speculate what I think is going to happen. This will be the biggest premiere that Disney Plus will ever have. Bigger than The Mandalorian, bigger than WandaVision, Loki, anything else that's on there. And of course that's not saying much because there's not much premiere content on Disney Plus. There's still a growing streamer. I mean, think about it. The big stuff that drops on there is Marvel and Star Wars stuff. And then occasionally you'll have the oddball like Hamilton or, I don't know, upcoming is like Percy Jackson, those stories. So there's not much to be in competition with. But look, I think Obi-Wan Kenobi is going to drop bombs when it premieres next week. Now for me, it is my most anticipated series of all time. (laughs) <laughs> and it's weird because there was a time when I was like, I don't want to see an Obi-Wan Kenobi spinoff or a show or a movie. I don't want it. I just didn't want to see it, at least in the time period in which it is going to be taking place, because I didn't want it to ruin the original trilogy for me or retcon information or shoehorn itself into that narrow storyline. But As time went on and I thought more about it, there's actually so much that you can do with this show. And guys, I'm all for it. I I cannot wait for the show. It's going to be absolutely amazing. And I hope you guys are excited too. But anyway, some of the panels that I'm going to be visiting and which I'm excited about is on the very first day, Thursday, Lucasfilm Studio Showcase. Now, there's not much details on what this is actually about, but I imagine this is similar to like an investor's uh, conference 
showcase where they'll be showing like what their future is going to entail for the company not just star wars but also things like their animation department and their cgi department and their technical department all that kind of stuff which they are first class in every single department lucasfilm's the best of the best and i imagine doug chang the vp will be there and of course kathleen kennedy but doug chang i'm also really excited about he also has a panel where he's talking about the concepts of Star Wars, which I'll be going to. I think that one's on Saturday, followed by a Q&A, which, by the way, guys, I will be doing a lot of video. I'll be interviewing people. I will be talking to guests on the floor, other people, other uh, convention goers, and I'm going to make a bunch of content once Star Wars Celebration hits. Once next week happens, Celebration, Obi-Wan, Han Talks First is coming back full-time, like, we're going at it. It's our fourth season of this podcast, and I really want to make some moves on not just the podcast, but also the YouTube channel as well. So you guys will have a lot to look forward to coming from me. And, you know, if you guys like the show, please tell your friends. Share it. I would love to get the word out. Another thing that I'm really excited about is on Thursday as well. It's the Ian McDermott panel. He'll just be doing a Q&A talking about I guess, you know, Rise of Skywalker and other things he's involved with. Potentially his appearance in Obi-Wan Kenobi, you know what I'm talking about? Maybe. We'll see. And then, uh, just to kind of keep this short here, another big one that I'm excited for is the Attack of the Clones 20th Anniversary panel, which I imagine will have Hayden and Ewan McGregor. But what would be really special is if Natalie Portman shows up too, and we have those three back together again, talking Star Wars. That... <laughs> That'll literally make my life. I, I can't wait for that. So, and of course, the, the one a couple of years ago, the Phantom Menace 20th anniversary panel was one of the best panels that Star Wars has ever done. Maybe almost on par with like the 2005 celebration where it was, they were talking about Revenge of the Sith. So those are the big ones for me that I can't wait for. But I'm going to be going, I have like a whole list. I mapped out my schedule. I am going to over... It's got to be 20 panels at this thing that are on my to-do list. And I'll probably go to a bunch of others too. But so far, that is where we're at. So moving on a little bit, I want to talk about some of the things that were mentioned in a lot of the major trades about Star Wars. Because it looks like the company Star Wars, or the company Lucasfilm, is really getting themselves ready to make the next jump in their in their docket and they're ready to make a splash and they sure did because they have two front cover on um news outlets they did entertainment weekly and the vanity fair article now what's interesting about that is entertainment weekly that is their last ever print edition of that trade and it features obi-wan kenobi and star wars so it's like extra special and extra rare i have three copies be sure to go get yours because it's it's going to be probably worth something one day. One of them is for me to frame, and then the other two is just to kind of look through and talk about. So the first one I want to talk about, it, we're going to talk about two things. Okay, the first one is John Favreau's comments on the Book of Boba Fett, and then everyone else's comments on the future of Lucasfilm and where Star Wars is going in the future. So John Favreau made some comments on the Book of Boba Fett, talking about its inspiration and how it came to be. And look, it's no surprise, if you guys have listened to me for any period of time, you know that I really did not like The Book of Boba Fett. I thought it had a strong beginning in the first two episodes, but then after a while, it just, it, it got worse as it progressed, and that's not something I wanted to see. 
there were some cool elements in it. I thought Tamora did a great job. I thought, you know, seeing Luke Skywalker again was so great. The technical team did such a good job on him with the deep fake technology. And there were good things about it. But overall, I do feel like Boba Fett was a huge waste of my time. <laughs> and if you guys liked it, please, I'm not saying that you shouldn't like it. I, I envy you. I'm proud that you like it. And I can't wait to see what happens next. Maybe that one will be for me, a.k.a. Obi-Wan Kenobi. But the thing I wanted to talk about was, you know, he said that the show was inspired by The Godfather. Now, I don't know if any of you have seen The Godfather. And yes, Book of Boba Fett does resemble some of those motifs in that film. But I think it was a very, very far adjacent attempt at making something Godfather. Now, the quote that John Favreau said was, you think about Don Corleone, and there's a tremendous amount of restraint because he knows that to be sustainable, there has to be peace. You don't do well unless there's some political balance because if you keep going to the mattresses, nobody's earning. So that's all I'm going to read from this, this excerpt here. But basically what I wanted to talk about was I really think that their attempt at making the Book of Boba Fett was not very clear. And this could be from the fact that they had three executive producers on the project, John Favreau, Dave Filoni, and Robert Rodriguez. Now, it's no surprise that John Favreau is a very busy man. He has his own company. He has a tremendous amount of projects that he's currently in development and working on. He's not just in Star Wars right now. Dave Filoni is also writing the Ahsoka series. Well, he already wrote it. They're about to shoot uh, pretty soon, actually. I think in the summer, they're starting to shoot Ahsoka. And Dave Filoni is now also a key executive with Lucasfilm, too, overseeing other departments as well, not just creative. So I think what the issue was, with they, they all weren't involved an equal amount of time on the book of Boba Fett, and that made it pretty difficult. I mean, this, this is actually proven. So this, is, this isn't my theory, because we had people from uh, the book of Boba Fett cast. Tamora Morrison was saying that it was really hard for him to want to get in touch with John Favreau sometimes, or even the second unit director sometimes, because everyone is just so busy. And that's understandable when you're making films. Look, I, I've been working in the film industry for a long time. The communication in the film industry is the worst in any industry. There is, there is no, it's all hierarchy and no order, if that makes any sense to you. <laughs> everyone is so worried about everyone else's job that no one worries about their own. And I'm not saying that's the issue with the Book of Boba Fett, but from my experience on all the television shows I've worked on and all the films I've worked on, it, communication is the worst part here. And I feel like that might have something to do with the execution of Boba Fett. Now look, I don't think there was a clear vision for how Boba Fett, what his character arc was going to be, or what his motives were. Actually, I don't think motives were ever in question in Boba Fett. My biggest issue was... At the end of the film, you know, he spent this, or film, sorry, at the end of the TV series, he spent the whole six episodes really trying to take over Jabba's palace and rule Tatooine, rule through respect, not by fear, all this kind of stuff. And we, we really didn't know why, but then at the very last scene of the last episode of Boba Fett, he looks to Fennec Shan and he says, we're not meant for this. It's like, <laughs> What? Then why were you fighting so hard to get it? Almost like you already, 
you went through all this growth period that you wanted to be a leader, you're done being a bounty hunter, and then at the very end, you're just like, eh, not worth it. <laughs> to me, it, that, was just, that was just poor writing. And again, some of you might disagree with me. Some of you might share a different vantage point, and you can share that with me too. I'd, I'm happy to hear your thoughts. So moving on to like the main topic today. Let's talk about the future of the Star Wars franchise. Like I said, it's really obvious that Lucasfilm right now is getting ready to really open themselves up and make a new name for themselves. It almost feels like it's a new phase to Star Wars, which is funny because we're at a point now where the stories aren't actually moving forward in timeline, but they're actually, we're going back to Return of the Jedi. We're going to, before the Phantom Menace, we're going to uh, the Rebels time period with like Ahsoka and all that kind of stuff. So it's interesting that to say that the company's moving forward, but the storylines aren't going into the future of that galaxy, if that makes any sense to you. Now, look, what was really interesting to me reading through all these articles and something that a lot of other Star Wars commentators and podcasters haven't actually talked about is a little tiny remark made by Kathleen Kennedy on what the future of the Star Wars films are going to be. A key quote from her from talking about the television series was that they have, she has someone like Jon Favreau, who pretty much oversees all the development uh, executively on you know, things like Andor, Obi-Wan. Mandalorian, or at least he set the stage for that. And Dave Filoni kind of shepherds all those individually as well. And so they had the TV land pretty set in stone, especially now that they have a streamer on Disney Plus, all that kind of stuff. But then she said that she wishes that she had someone like that for the film division, and that she's actually actively looking for someone to oversee all of the film development. Now, for the longest time, if any of you remember, I used to say that I thought she was grooming Michelle Rejwan for the position to oversee all of live action, uh, the film division of Star Wars. But now it looks like that's not actually the case. It seems like Michelle, or I'm sorry, Michelle Rejwan is actually looking to be just kind of a universal uh, hand in everything. Now, she did mention that she's actually talking to a couple of different people who are pretty close to that idea of being a overseer of the Star Wars film landscape. But she said it's a very competitive field, and it's a very competitive role that she wants someone to be in with Lucasfilm. And I think the biggest issue for her is finding someone who wants to stay on for long term. Now, I don't think the issue is that it's going to be hard finding someone who wants to be in Star Wars. I think it's just that when you have creatives like Kevin Feige or John Favreau, at a certain point, you know, they want to do something else besides Star Wars. And I think with the, Dis the way the Disney contracts go, if someone comes in as a film division head for the Star Wars movies, they're going to contract them. You know, their standard is typically a five-year contract at the beginning and then extensions by three. But I think they want someone like a Kevin Feige. I think they want someone who's going to be there long-term and really set the stage, make a plan, a five-year plan, just like Marvel does. Now, I have heard some people for the past, like, eight years, people have been saying, make Kevin Feige the head of Lucasfilm or the head of the film division. Now, look, as much as I would appreciate that as well. I really don't think 
that's what Kevin Feige wants to do. He seems really comfortable in his his throne at Marvel. He's constantly making films and setting plans, five-year plans. And now he has all these new toys, such as X-Men, Mutants, the Fantastic Four, and whatever else that Disney just acquired from 20th Century Fox. He's got a whole new playground. And he is making this one single Star Wars film with the writer of Multiverse of Madness, Michael Waldron, that says it will be its own unique standalone thing separate from canon and not attached to any legacy characters, which I love, by the way. I have to do an, an own separate episode on the Kevin Feige situation because it's, it's so fascinating, but it's also not greenlit, which is also really fascinating. Now, let's face it. A Kevin Feige Star Wars movie, it's going to get greenlit. <laughs> but technically, it's not even in official development phases right now, which is really... I don't want to get into it now because it's a, it's a really big thing, but I have a very interesting perspective because of my involvement with the film industry that I've, that I've been working with. And um, one of my jobs, actually, is working at a, a film development production studio, uh, developing feature films, and... Um, prime like television series that typically go to Amazon or Netflix, things like that. But look, it's, it's interesting. They're, they are ready to make waves in the TV verse for star Wars. They have so much on the slate and that that's ready to go. And like, they're ready to like drop bombs. Like I said, kicking off with Obi-Wan Kenobi next week, guys, it's going to be this. The Obi-Wan show is extremely important for multiple reasons. One, not just because it's a legacy character and because the time period it's set in is extremely narrow and you have to make it consistent with Revenge of the Sith or at least respecting Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope and finding a way to merge those two that, I mean, even George Lucas did brilliantly and finding that narrow gap in between to fill the space. But it's also really important because... Obi-Wan Kenobi sets up a new era for the direction of the company as a whole. It's the first slated film, or I'm sorry, TV series. It's the first slated TV series that is going to drop that will be followed by new TV series under this new regime and this new goal that has been set out with people like Tony Gilroy and Jon Favreau and Dave Filoni. And now, upcoming Deborah Chow. And hopefully, crossing my fingers, potentially Bryce Dallas Howard someday in the future. Give her a film. I really think she could do it. But again, that's a whole other conversation. So it's an interesting prospect. And another interesting prospect about the, the future of Star Wars and the film division is that they are holding on to their 2023 slate. Which means that they think that they're going to drop a movie in 2023. <laughs> Look... I don't care how naive they think some people or some fans may be out there, but there is no way, there's absolutely no chance that they are dropping a Star Wars movie in 2023 of December. It, it's impossible. I mean, think the budget alone would be astronomical to fast track that. And I don't care how long Taika Waititi has been working on his film. There's, there's absolutely no way that he would be ready to shoot, edit. I mean, they haven't even done pre-production on the damn thing. I just find it extremely hard to believe 
that a movie will come out in December of next year. It, it would have been Rogue Squadron, but then they had those issues. Uh, Patty Jenkins walked away, creative differences, all that kind of stuff. That one was in pre-production, and they were gearing up to start shooting actually around the time that you're listening to this podcast. But there's absolutely no way that a Star Wars movie is coming out in 2023. That being said, I think the earliest one can come out is December of 2025. It's over two years from now. And I think it will be Taika's. I think Taika's is the first one to come out. I mean, there's a great, great writer attached to that, that they're currently writing the script. Uh, They're probably in like their second draft, maybe even first by now. But look, it takes a long time for these projects to get made especially when you have someone like Taika Waititi, who's a very busy guy. Kevin Feige, I don't foresee that film coming out for, probably from right now, I give it five years. Because that's, that's how he works. He works on a five-year plan. They literally just started writing the script now, or at least Michael Waldron said he did. That, I would say, you know, five years most. Five years at most. In the nearer future, I could see it being Two and a half. So around the 2025 date again. But 2023, a movie, absolutely no way. There's no way they could do it. Unless they've been secretly shooting something that I have no idea about, but I'm pretty connected with everything, so I I seriously doubt it. But look, guys, I want to know what you guys think. That's really all I want to talk about today because I only had a little bit of time, but I wanted to get back and just do regular podcasts again. So, hey, if you're joining us, thanks for listening. I hope you're enjoying the content. I'm going to do a lot more episodes coming up. Again, Celebration is coming up this week. I'm so pumped. I'm going to be doing tons of content, interviews with people. Get ready to look out for it. Check out the YouTube page. You can see the blogs that I'm going to do while I'm there. And again, the giveaway coming out really soon. I'll put details on my Instagram and reach out to me. Let me know what you guys think of the show. Let me know what you think about what we talked about today. And what are you excited for? Obi-Wan's this week. I can't freaking wait, dude. It's crazy. I've been waiting forever for this. It, I just, it's hard to believe that it's finally, it's finally here. But guys, thank you so much for listening to this show. Again, share it with your friends. Let them know and um, reach out to me. I'm also opening my door to anyone who wants to collaborate. So if you wanna, if you wanna come on the show and talk Star Wars, just hit me up on Instagram. Let's make it happen. Open door policy from now on. So hey guys, thanks for joining me today. I will talk to you guys really soon. And now, somehow, some way, somewhere this week. May the force be with you.